Thank you for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church. To find out more about the Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. I'm, I'm glad you're here at the Movement Church. Uh, like Pastor Gary said, I'm one of the pastors here on team, and uh, I have the privilege of overseeing the dream team. That's right. Uh, all my dream teamers out there. So that's just the army of volunteers we have that makes the Movement Church happen week in and week out. And, and I just, I have the best job ever, to be honest with you. But uh, I try not to tell too many people that because I like it, so I don't really want you to do it. But anyways, uh, so this morning, we're going to continue in our series called Accelerate. And just so you know, series are kind of like books. And so every time, if you were to miss a week, you really miss a chapter. And to get the full story of what God wants to do in our lives through the series, then you really want to hear every part of it. And so you can go online. Today, we're in week four. You can go online or on the podcast app for all my iPhone users. If you're an Android user, I am praying for you. Um, but either way, we've got a way for you to listen to it. So that's good. And, uh, go on and listen. Like Pastor Carrie said, Pastor Megan, that woman preached an incredible message on accelerating the dream last week. And so I just want to encourage you go on and, uh, and take a listen to that. But today I just want to continue with this idea of accelerate and accelerate means this to cause faster or greater development, progress, or advancement. See, when Jesus is at the center, there's an unstoppable momentum We find ourselves caught up in a movement that shifts our circumstances, removes obstacles, and demands progress. Divine acceleration, not my acceleration, but divine acceleration, brings God's plan to pass at a much faster rate than is humanly possible. And hey, listen, I don't know if it's your first time today here at church or not, but if it is, I just want to ask, if you take the next 30 to 35 minutes and just kind of give me your blueprint for church or your blueprint of what you think God is and how he operates in our life and, and just kind of set that aside. Just almost like a movie. You're in amazing seats, shamus on the wall. It's all good. You can smell popcorn in the air. So take the next 30 minutes and just say, okay, I'm just going gonna, gonna to give this idea a shot. What if there really is a God who loves me and who has a plan for me? And so I just want to ask that of you today to just lean in because I really do believe that God wants to do something incredible in our lives and, and in our hearts today. And in Habakkuk, speaking of acceleration, Habakkuk 1.5 says this, Look among the nations and see, wonder and be astounded, for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe it if told. I don't know about you, but I want to see that kind of acceleration take place in my life. And today I want to talk to you about a principle that I believe touches every aspect of our lives, and that's generosity. How can I accelerate generosity in my everyday life? And, uh, ex- you know, acceleration and generosity, it just means to expand or, or to progress, to make something increase, to increase my capacity, or to enlarge my territory, to allow me to live a bigger, more full life, right? And so in Proverbs 11.24, the message version, it says this, The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. What I love about this verse is that it doesn't say what gets larger and larger, right? It doesn't say your whatever, your uh, height. For me, I I could probably grow in my height, right? But I I love being short, just for the record. But it doesn't say what. It says your world, meaning everything in it. So this is the Bible talking to me and you and saying, hey, when you're generous, your world, every aspect of your life is going to grow. It's going to get larger and larger. 
we're obviously the opposite of that. And it says if, if we're stingy, it gets smaller and smaller. So today, I just want to talk about enlarging, growing larger, and enla- not enlarging, but enlarging, right? Growing larger and larger. We're on a whole 30 kick right now, and we're all in our 21-day our challenge. So I think the opposite is happening, right? Everyone's getting smaller and smaller. So anyways, uh, let's, pray. let's pray. Let's refocus on God here. So let's pray. Lord, I just give you this time, and I just ask that you would do in our hearts and our minds what only you can do. God, I pray that you would just speak to us and to our hearts about acceleration, God, and, and about accelerating generosity in our lives. And God, I pray that anyone other than New England Patriots will win the Super Bowl. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Somehow God knew I was supposed to end up at this church because I've been a Cowboys fan since I was a kid, and so it just works. And of course, this side of the room is real excited about that. The rest of you, it's okay. Eventually, you'll, you'll get on the journey. But hey, listen, I don't know uh, how, if you know this about me, if you know me well, you probably do, but it takes me a lot longer than most people to, to do most things, actually. Uh, and I just have a process for everything. Pray for me. I need it. And so uh, when it comes to getting ready, it's no different. I love waking up early in the morning and uh, spending probably way too much time in front of the mirror doing my hair. And not in a vain way. I just love it. Like, I love being a girl and, and doing this, this thing. But for the record, guys, this applies to you, too, because I've seen you at the gym. I've seen your hair done, right? And your chucks on, which I don't know what that's about, right? Chucks and joggers, like what happened to Nikes and basketball shorts at the gym? That's just me, but it's all, it's all right. I get it. What I'm saying is you like to look good too, right? And so anyhow, I've been this way my whole life. I've always, I've just been really particular about it. When I was five, I literally used to get spankings going to kindergarten because I just wanted my crazy curly hair to just be perfect. And, and I just, there were no straighteners then. So it was a really hard life for me at that time. And so anyways, uh, so I have this process of getting ready and I'm starting to learn from my high maintenance habits because in preparing for this message, I just started thinking about time. And it's probably the Lord just saying, hey, you can probably speed up this process. You don't need that serum and that moisturizer and, you know, all this other thing. So sorry if you don't know what I'm talking about. I'll take you to Origins. They're my friends. Uh, but, but I just started thinking about time and how we spend our time. And, and really, I just felt like, okay, can, can we give, can I give more generously of my time? I have a lot of time. So how can I take this principle uh, to, to expand it, right? To increase it, to be generous with my time and to watch it get larger and larger. And so it's kind of amazing, actually, how the average American or just people in general spend their time. We spend close to three hours a day watching TV. TV, I looked at a ton of stats. TV, even with all of the other things that we've got going on with technology, TV is still the number one thing that consumes our extracurricular activity or time. And so we spend three hours a day watching TV, the average American, of course, 21 hours a week, right? And this equals to almost 46 days a year. Gone. Like, can, can you get that? 46 days. Like, what else could you have done in those 46 days? Me, I would have liked to go to Italy in those 46 days. And so what else could you have done with that time? The average person spends 17 minutes a day on social media, right? I'm sure that doesn't come as a surprise to you. Uh, if you work with me, you know I, I'm really bad about checking Instagram. I enjoy it a little bit. And so I'm, I'm trying to get better about checking Instagram but in the world, in 2015, 1.23 billion users logged into social media sites for an average of 17 minutes a day, giving us a collective total. This just scares me. makes me want to delete all of the apps on my phone. Giving us a t- collective total of 39,757 years lost to social media abyss. Like, legitimately. 
lost. I know, it's kind of crazy, right? But that's really like sad and depressing. So to pick it up a little bit, this is a good interesting thought. Uh, 15% of Americans spend any time on average volunteering in organizational, civic, or religious activities. Uh, and so it's a lower percentage, but those people who do volunteer with their time in those ways, they give a good amount of their time. They give two hours and 15 minutes a day on average. So anyways, I just, I just thought it was really interesting. So hear me though. I don't have an issue with TV or social media or the things that, that we do. Like hobbies are healthy and, and they're good and they're fun. And really everything is healthy in moderation. Not all things. There's some things that are off limits. We can talk about that another time. But most things are healthy in moderation. And so I don't have an issue with any of those things. But I think the issue, especially when, th- when thinking about generosity, is when we fill our time with what I want, then that just continues to get deeper and deeper, right? Like the void just continues to grow. So let's just say you spend six hours uh, just watching the making of a murderer, right? Like that's the big thing. Netflix original, they do it right. And so you just spend all this time. And at the end of it, are you ever like, oh my gosh, I have so much time. I feel so fulfilled right now. I'm going to go run a marathon or I'm, you don't ever feel like that, right? Maybe it's just me. When I get done indulging or just doing whatever it is that I want to do and forget everybody else, this is me time right now. When that happens, the only thing I want is more of what I want. The, the selfishness insides me, inside of me grows and I just want more of what I want, right? And selfishness is really the enemy of generosity because we just want me versus what we want to give out. We, we have a hard time giving freely and being generous with everything in our lives because we're just too focused on ourselves. And, and then we get frustrated with everybody else in our world, right? Yeah. It's our boss's fault because he's calling me, which really maybe he's just trying to give you a promotion or an extra gig to make some extra money. Or, or your spouse, not my spouse, your spouse, and I'm not married for the record. And so who, who's just pulling on your time? Because no, they just want to spend time with you. Your kids, they just want to hang out with you. You, they need you and you need them and we're meant to do life together. That's, that's what it's all about. So again, no one's in trouble. It's, it's all good to have healthy hobbies and, and hanging out and, and doing all of those things that we love. But let's just for a moment for today, just think, what if I were just generous with my time? You know, in, uh, Matthew 15, 25, it says this, for whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, will find it. And what Jesus is just trying to tell us is, hey, listen, when you lose your life for my sake, when, when you place me at the center, the acceleration that takes place, you're not even going to believe it. And, and for the record, when you place me at the center, then you are going to change your priorities. You're going to reprioritize your time because my heart has always been for people, right? Everything that Jesus has done and will ever do is for people. And so you start to reprioritize, God, what can I do for others? How can I give generously and freely for others? You know, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, Pastor Scott and Gurley, my close friends, obviously pastors on team here at the Movement Church, one of their, uh, their youngest son, I always get emotional when I speak. So I'm just saying right now, I am so sorry if I cry because I'm already feeling a little choked up. So I have a heart. It's a good thing. So uh, I feel like the Grinch, like in her heart, grew three times larger that day. Uh, but anyways, so totally not in my notes. But anyways, so Pastor Scott and Gurley uh, had to go to the hospital because baby Dean, their youngest son, had had multiple seizures um, a couple of weeks ago. And, and it was 
really scary. He's doing great um, with a ton of prayer and, and the wisdom of doctors and medicine. He's, he's doing awesome. Uh, but what was amazing to me about what, there was a lot of things, but one of the key things I took away from that was the generosity of people to get, that just gave freely to the Gordies. Most of you in this room today. And honestly, it was, it was just incredible. Like from watching uh, Tyler, their oldest son, overnight and taking care of him and making sure he was good to sending meals that were Whole30 approved. Like who even does that? That's amazing. Can I get some of that, right? Like that's awesome. And uh, just so much like, can I clean your house? Can I buy you groceries? What else can I do? It was just one thing after another. And it was amazing. But that's what it was. It was just generosity in action right? And these people have full lives. Cause see, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be good stewards of our time and just kind of just go, Oh, I feel like I need to do this and do that. And give. that's not at all what I'm saying. We've been entrusted with everything in life, including our time. So we've got to be good stewards. We still have to make sure we are providing for our family and spending time with our spouses and our kids and in school and with our friends and those things. So we want to be good stewards of that. But, but really when we stop and take a look about what else, what other time do I have available to me? And we just choose to give generously with it. It's just incredible. You just start to go, wow, I have so much time. I can do more. I want to do more. And, and honestly, I'm fulfilled when I'm doing more. Not when I'm focusing on me, but when I'm focusing on others. Yeah? And so another area uh, that I believe that we can be generous with in our life is in our finances. And, you know, I know this is always a hard one for people because, oh, no, she's talking about money in church and all that jazz. But just hear me out for a minute. Let me just challenge you. Lean in because God has a plan for our finances, and I can't even begin. I'm going to try and unpack it for a few minutes today. I can't even begin to explain to you how generous God wants to be in our finances. And, and his plan is simple. But see, the reason we start squirming and getting nervous when we talk about money is because our hearts are actually directly tied to our money right? So uh, in Matthew 6, 21, God says this, for, your, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So God knows, like literally, if, if I have their heart or if I have their money, I have their heart because they're directly linked. They're tied together. And see, God doesn't need your money. He, he doesn't. I don't know if you know this, but he created the world and everything in it. And so he doesn't, he doesn't need our money, but we need his plan for our finances. And where we spend our money and choose to invest in our time, like this verse says, is a direct indication of whether or not he has our heart. Okay? And so the plan is simple. There's, there's three things. Super simple. Number one, return the tithe. Two, apply the wisdom of budgeting. And number three, to just ask God, if you're doing those first two things, hey, God, what, what would you have me give above and beyond? Because the world of the generous gets larger and larger. Right? So we want to be generous with our finances. And so you might be in here today and you go, what is tithe? Who even says that? Right? Well, tithe is really just a fancy word for 10%. And so what it means is that you just take 10% of, of what you've earned and cause God's given you the ability to make wealth and it's his. And so you're just returning 10%. You're saying, God, I trust that you can do more with the 90 than I can do with 100. And so you're trusting him with your tithe, with your finances. And in Malachi 3.10 says this, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. I want you to remember that. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing. There will be not enough room, there will not be enough room to store it. Right? 
So, I mean, that's incredible. How often do you hear someone tell you, hey, when you do this, then you get this. Like, come on, if God said, hey, here are the uh, Powerball numbers for when you could win a few weeks ago, do this, would you do it? Uh, yeah. Even if you didn't need the money, how could you not want the Powerball numbers, right? And so God is literally giving us the secret to our finances. It's just like that. I know it sounds crazy, but it's really that simple. So practically, you literally just take what you make. Say you make $100. This is how my dad did it with me when I was a kid. Okay, you made $20 for babysitting? Okay, so here's what you do. You times it by 0.10. Why? Because that's 10%. Oh, okay. So times it by 0.10, what do you get? Two. Okay, now you take two, and you bring it to church, and you return the tithe. And I was like, but I made that money, right? <laughs> like, I, I, but I watched those kids. There were four of them, and it was actually kind of, I'm only 11, so can I, does it really matter, right? But I, I just knew to trust the authority. My, my dad's a, an incredible man of God, and I knew, hey, if he's saying this, I'm going to trust that authority in my life, and if it's in the Bible, I'm going to choose to believe it. And so, so I did it. And, and let me tell you, it is so worth it to do this. And, and what's, what's cool is that I actually don't even have to promise you that it's worth it because God does in his word, right? In Matthew, Malachi 3.10, he says, test me in this. Now listen, normally I would not recommend you testing God. I don't think it's a good idea. Hey, God, would you just, you know, I feel like I need to be tested in my patience. Would you just give me more patience for people? Because I just want to, I want to love people. And <laughs> that's good. But let me tell you, God's going God's to place opportunities in your life for your patience to be tested. And that's not always a fun thing to endure. But in this case, God says, this is the only place in the word where God says, test me in this. So he's saying, test me in this. And when you do, the opportunity that you are giving me is the opportunity to bless you. To bless you. Test me and I will bless you. It's incredible. And listen, I'm, I'm passionate about this because I've seen it work in my life and in countless other lives time and time again. Just last week, in fact, uh, Pastor Megan had people come down uh, who, who maybe needed prayer. And so I had the honor of praying with one of the young girls and my friends here at the Movement Church. And, and in tears, she just said, okay, Pastor Bree, I'm, I'm actually really scared because I'm on a, a three-month like probation period with my mortgage, and I work so hard to get the condo that I live in, and I don't want to lose it. And, and so right away, go over the fundamentals. So I'm like, okay, hey, listen, we're going to pray, but number one, are you tithing? And she said yes. And so I said, number two, we need to make sure you connect with someone who can help you budget, we need to, whether it's Financial Peace University or whatever that looks like. And so then we prayed, and we just prayed a faith-filled prayer. God, can you do what only you can do. Because, see, God's desire is always to protect and to provide. But he can't do that when we're living outside of his will. And so we've got to do what he says to do so that he can do that exact thing. And so she's, she's walking in it, right? She's doing it. She's, she's doing what she knows she's supposed to do and what the word says. And, and so we just prayed. And I got to tell you that not even six hours later, I'm sitting at Chipotle because they have Whole30 approved meals and I love Chipotle. And, uh, and so I'm sitting there and I get a text from her and she's just in tears. I know because of the emojis, right? So they have tears. And so she's in tears because we were talking on the phone. And so, uh, anyways, and so she's literally in tears. That's pretty funny. I'm not usually funny. And so uh, I can't move past that. Okay, just take a breather. So anyways, um, she was literally in tears because in just that short amount of time, 
someone had called her and said, hey, you know what? We feel led on our hearts to cover what you owe. And, and also, we actually want to connect with you this week because uh, we've got some keys on budgeting and, and they had done Financial Peace University. And so we want to just connect with you and walk with you. Okay, so guys, that's six hour time frame. Two things answered. Number one, he provided. And number two, he's helping her walk through, hey, here's how you budget and things like that. If you want that kind of provision in your life, I'm telling you, return the tithe. And listen, it's going to sting a little, right? We talked about this earlier. Your money and your heart directly tied, right? And so it's going to hurt. You're going to feel it. But I just want to encourage you to take the 90-day challenge. That's just 90 days saying, okay, God, I know tithing in my mind doesn't necessarily make sense, but in your word, you promise it. So I'm going to believe that you're faithful and that you're going to do what you say you're going to do. And I'm going to give it 90 days. And listen, that's between you and God. You don't have to tell anyone you're doing it. That's just between you and him. But he says, test me. And God cannot, his word, he can't go back on it. He is his word. And so when he says it, he's going to do it. And then number two, just make sure you're budgeting. I'm not going to belabor on that point, but we have a team here who can help you with some tools on that. Uh, so you want to apply that. That's, that's just like with your time, right? We want to be good stewards of what's been entrusted to us. And then number three, if you're faithful in returning the tithe, I want to encourage you. Would you ask God to, to see what you can do, what he might have you do above and beyond? And that's not, don't ask people, don't do it for people. Just say, hey God, what are you putting on my heart? What I, I do believe that when you say in Proverbs that the world of the generous gets larger and larger, and I want to see that. Because see, maybe you don't need, maybe you're good on your mortgage, right? Maybe your story's not like that young girl's. That's okay. But are you telling me that if you don't want to see your finance, finances increase, that you don't want to buy that dream house or maybe adopt that baby or go on that backpacking trip to Europe, start that new business, whatever it is, right? We want to see our finances grow larger and larger. And we know that in order for that to happen, then we've got to have a generous heart. So you just ask God. I don't want anyone to feel like I'm asking you to, because that's not what this is about. This is about God's plan for your life through your finances. And so you just ask God, God, what would you have me do? And in that moment, the word says that my sheep will know my voice. So he'll tell you. He'll tell you exactly what you need to do. And your only job is to respond. C.S. Lewis says it like this. The more often he feels without acting, the less he will be able to ever act And in the long run, the less he will be able to feel. So we don't want to be those kind of people. We want to be the kind of people who respond. When God puts something in our heart, okay, God, I'm I'm going to listen. I'm going to I'm going to listen to that voice because I know you're a good God and you're faithful. And that means you've got a promise on the other end of it. Okay. And then lastly, I want to talk to you about being generous with your talent. And I'm not going to lie, this is probably uh, my favorite part about today. So uh, if I get too excited, I'm so sorry. But I just love it so much. But I want to talk to you about being generous with your talent. What's your talent? Talent, that's just what God has given you, the gifts, the abilities uh, that he's naturally given you uh, to take and to be generous with. Like in the parables of the talent, right? He, we're given talents not to, not to keep them, not to hold them close and keep them to ourselves, but to improve upon them, to put them to use, to expand, to enlarge them or grow them larger and larger so that in turn we can be generous and give them away. Listen, Dr. Seuss said it best. One of my favorite quotes, he says this, Today you are you, that is truer than true. There is no one alive who is youer than you. Just let that sink in for a minute. Because don't you just feel good? You're like, I'm me, and so much is possible. Like, I just, I love it. Like, I get all giddy inside. I love Dr. Seuss, apparently. So, but listen, the Bible, which we probably want to figure out who we are in, 
through Christ. So let's go to the word. Uh, in Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Psalm 139.16 says this, You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Before a single day had passed, he already knew the plans that he had for you. Before you were born, the purpose and the destiny inside of you was already put together. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. See, it's not by accident that you were born in this time or to that family with those friends, that you live in this city, that you're here today. It's not by accident. It's God's plan for you, and he had it long ago. Long, long ago. And so today, I want to ask you, how can you be generous with your talent? Talent is defined as a special natural ability or aptitude, a capacity for achievement or success. Another definition describes it like this, a power of mind or body considered as given to a person for use and improvement. Romans 12, 1 through 2 in the message version says it like this. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. See, this is about you actualizing the potential and the purpose inside of you. Because trust me, a life without purpose, that's, that's, not, that's not life. Going through the mundane, just going to work and, and, and doing the same thing over and over again, there's no, there's no purpose in that. So God's saying here, hey, take your everyday ordinary life, but let me do something extraordinary with it. Let me take the, the talents that I've given you, the gifts that I've given you, and let me pull out that purpose and destiny inside of you because I placed it in your heart long, long ago. So what is it? What's your passion? What's your talent? What are the dreams that are in your heart? You know, maybe you don't know where to start. Maybe you know you've got dreams. Maybe, maybe you remember them from when you were a kid, but it's too scary to revisit them now because, oh God, I don't know if I can actually do that. But what are the dreams and the passions and the purpose that are placed in your heart? It's not by accident. And if you don't know where to start, and I know you probably saw this coming, you should jump on the dream team. I kind of know the girl who runs it, and I'm pretty sure she'd be more than happy to help you figure it out. But honestly... I know, it's so cliche, right? I get it. But listen, the reason that I'm passionate about it is because it's true. It really works. There's no greater way to identify your purpose than to start walking in God's purpose. And his purpose is to build the local church. And it doesn't have to be the movement church. This is not, this is not for the movement church. This is for you. So I'll help you find another church. It, it doesn't have to be here. But take your God-given gifts, talents, abilities... And see what he can do with them. So you say, but that doesn't make sense. I don't, I don't want to be you, Bree. I don't want to be a pastor or a preacher. I don't want you to be a pastor or a preacher either, unless that's what you feel God's called you to do. I want you to be you, not me. I want you to do what God's placed in your heart. So what is that dream? What is that thing that you haven't actualized yet that you need to, to feel that passion 
right? That thing that every day you wake up in the morning, and you're like, oh my gosh, God, this dream is so big, but I know that with you, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So let's do it. Let's go out there. And every day, just walk in that purpose and destiny. So maybe you're passionate about film. Maybe we play three videos every week. You can, you can work on that skill. Maybe you're passionate about teaching. We're teaching a generation of, of kids across the way, not babysitting, but teaching. Maybe you want to own your own business where you're going to be leading and managing people and figuring out systems and things like that. Don't be distracted by these guys behind me. They're fine. They're, they're up here on purpose, okay? And so maybe that's what you want to do. And so you think, well, how can the church help me? Hello, we lead people. We manage systems. The church is not just what you see on Sunday. There's things that happen all between the week and on Sunday morning. And anything, any dream or passion that you have in your heart can be cultivated within the church. Or maybe you don't know what you're called to do. Maybe you know that there's something because that, that emptiness inside of you, you know that, that there's something missing and that you need to be walking in your purpose because life is just feeling a little bit too mundane. Well, there's no better place to do it than to be on a team where there's pastors and leaders investing into your life, praying for you daily, helping you mature in your character, and ha- helping you identify the purpose and the destiny that God has placed on your life. There's no better place to do it. So jump on the dream team. Like I said, if it's not the movement church, that's okay. We're going to be fine. We've been doing church for a little while now. We're, we're good. We, we would never be great. We need you to be great, and we want you to be here. But we're going to be okay. We just want you, I just want you, to figure out, God, why am I here? What, what is the thing that you put inside of me that is so unique that only I can do it? And you know, it might be, it might be fear that's holding you back. God, I, I don't know if I can do it because of my past. Or she's saying volunteer within a church. I don't even know if I like church. I don't even know if church likes me. You know, I've got a lot of skeletons in my closet. You don't know my story. I can tell you another time. So do I. You don't have to be perfect. Not even close. God's not waiting for perfection. Perfection isn't the goal. God's just waiting for you to say yes. That's it. He just wants you to be available. You know, I I went on a journey to to discover my purpose and destiny after making a lot of poor decisions and going the wrong direction. And uh, for those of you who've heard my story, I'm sorry you're hearing it again. It's my story. So when you're up here, you can tell your story. But... uh, and so I went on a journey and, and found myself at a dead end, feeling lost, feeling empty, and just going, okay, God, I want your way. I want what you have. Would you show me? And I started with just surrendering my life to Christ, step one. And then step two, I said, God, I just feel there's something in me that I'm supposed to do, and I don't even know what it looks like. And then he reminded me of a dream I had when I was a kid to be a preacher. And I thought, that's a silly dream, right? That was, right, God? That was definitely, that was just a childish dream, right? I was just a little girl wanting to be like her dad kind of thing. Joyce Meyer thought she was cool. I don't know. But little by little, God just kept, kept nudging me in the right direction. I started volunteering at church. Somebody actually pushed me into volunteering. They're my pastors. They're sitting here today. Ironic. Uh, but honestly, I started volunteering and, and he just began to develop inside of me something that I didn't even know I had. 
And I was too afraid to run after it. I let fear, fear of failure, insecurity, inadequacy, I let all of it stop me. But every day he just kept saying, hey, you can do this. You can do this. I'm with you. I'm here. You can do, I've called you. I, Jeremiah 20 and 11, I know the plans and the purposes that I have for you, declares the Lord. When, when fear comes in, the plans to prosper you and not to harm you, but plans to give you a hope and a future. You know, it wasn't that long ago that, that I started actualizing this dream that was in my heart. And then uh, two and a half years ago, I got a diagnosis that I felt just pretty much ripped it right out. Like, okay, God, well, what's next? What are we going to do now? I was diagnosed with bipolar. And uh, it's, it's okay. I'm okay. But it's the crazy kind. <laughs> so I get like, yeah, just hallucination. It's awesome. And so I was sitting there, and I thought, no, this can't be real, right? This, I've, I've got a purpose inside of me. This can't, God, you, you knew. Nothing comes as a surprise to you. So you knew this can't be real. And I was so scared. I called my pastor and I, I told her, I said, hey, this just happened. I don't think she was surprised. So God, God is good. The leaders in your life can see things you can't, so trust them. They know what's going on before you do. And so, uh, and I live in her house, so that probably helped. But um, when you come home with, you know, three things of laundry detergent, it's just like, what's going on here? There was a sale. I don't know. Anyways, it doesn't matter. So I told her, I don't get it. I don't get it. Why did God place a stream inside of me if he knew this was going to happen? If he knew that I wasn't going to be able to do what I feel I'm called to do, how am I supposed to lead and teach people my own mind? Makes it difficult for me to, to just be me. How am I supposed to inspire others and awaken purpose and destiny? God, what were you thinking? Why'd you pick me? But see, he just reminded me that he knew the plans that he had for me. And in 2 Corinthians, I, I held on to this verse in uh, 12, 9 and 10. It says this, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, meaning it is enough for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast, this is Paul talking, and I relate to Paul. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. And this is the best part because for when I am weak, then I am strong. Listen, you are strong enough to pursue the purpose inside of you. Everything you've ever walked through in life, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. Why are you strong? Because his grace is sufficient for you. Because he is enough. So what is that dream, that purpose, your talent, that you need to say, okay, God, here we go. Let's do this. Don't let today be the same as yesterday. Let today be different. Let today be the day that you say, Oh my gosh, on January 24th, 2016, I chose to pursue purpose. Because listen, you need to live a life of purpose. You need it. And not to mention, there are so many other people on the other side of you saying yes to that decision. So don't let today be the same as yesterday.
There's too much good inside of you. God, God's plans for you are too big. And hey, listen, you might be in the room today and, and you're still trying to figure out if you believe in this God who loves you so incredibly much. And, and you say, okay, Brie, I want to be generous with, with my time and with my treasure and with my talent. I want to see my world grow larger and larger, but I don't even know how. And honestly, I feel this gap between me and God. I don't know what it is, but I feel this gap. Listen, the Bible's clear. It tells us that that's a sin gap. And, and we all sin in our life. We all have fallen short. But what's amazing is God loves you so much that he didn't leave us there. He sent his son, Jesus, to live a sinless life, to die on the cross, and to pay the ransom, the price for our sin. And today, he's just waiting for you to say yes. He's just waiting for you. The Bible says this is a free gift. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be without flaws or without a past. You just have to say yes. It's a free gift. And so in just a moment, I'm going to say a prayer. And, and I don't want another minute to go by for you to not have the opportunity to say yes to this gift. To allow God to do a work inside of your heart. To surrender your life to him. And then to pursue purpose and destiny. Because he has great plans for you. If you can bow your heads and close your eyes, I'd, I'd like to pray. And I'm just... I'm just going to give you an opportunity with no one looking around, everyone's head, head bowed and eyes closed. I just want to give you an opportunity to say yes and to surrender your life to Jesus today. And so you can repeat this, not out loud, just in your own heart after me and, and just give your life to Christ. Lord, I give you my life. I realize that, that I've sinned, that I'm not perfect. But God, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to pay the, the price for my flaws. So God, today I receive this free gift. I receive you as my savior. And God, I just choose today to live for you forever. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Please email us at info at theocmovement.com. And if you were not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Please send us an email at info at theocmovement.com. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church.